Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. This is an untapped in vinyl. So that means Monk's here. That's it. And uh, and just over the course of the last time that we got together, um, we've had some shows. We've had some great album drops. Oh, and yes. uh, you've had some good indies only. Yes, the new Mountain Goats is out. That's what I'm probably the most excited uh, about. Um, Bleed Out came out this past Friday. I'm most excited about it. It may be my album of the year. Yes. That and... Early James and the latest. Yes. Is it out? It's officially out. Okay. Well, I have not not consumed that one yet. You've got to delve into it. I'm going to have to. I'm also excited about a new project called Planes, which is uh, just... What kind of planes? Like... 
planes. I don't know. That's like the name of the band. Airplanes Plane, or like no, planes? Planes like the planes in the uh, southeast or whatever. What, what, what is it? Southeast, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Southwest. There we go. Yeah. Planes, <laughs> anyway, plateaus. Planes, there noise. you go. Yeah, um, it's a project featuring Jess Williamson, who I don't know, and Waxahachie. Um, oh, I've been playing. yeah, I've been following her. Yeah, I've yeah. been seeing talks about that. Yep, they're, looking, I think they're starting out in California and going to work their way over. Is super, that right? Yes, yeah, super duper excited about that project and want to hear more than just the one song that's out. But it gets stuck in my head constantly. I've mean, been playing it on indies only. So right on. Yeah. Well, to start things off, per usual, we need to get to the beer before the beer get to us. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way to look at it. <laughs> The 1985 IPA. It is a mango. Fudu Ranger. It's actually not. I mean, I've, I've so far I've been very impressed with just about every Voodoo Ranger I've had. So, I mean, you uh, were telling me about the one that I had my eye on with the pumpkin. Yes. And it's in the same vein. Yes. Uh, so, it's my a favorite. special release. My favorite is the Juice Force. Uh, it's nine and a half Imperial IPA. Yeah. Watch you step after three. You might want <laughs> to hold up. Yeah. That's a 6.7 with the 1985. Uh, you know, the Juice Force, it's like a drinking a uh, something. Okay, <laughs> it, it caught up with itself. It's lagging a little bit. You want to make sure everything's okay? Yeah. So... Six point seven percent, and it's mango. Like the juice force kind of reminds me of like drinking a juice box. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's like a sunny D kind of thing. Wow, like real orangey. Yeah, which I like. Sure. And I'm also well. I mean, if you drink sunny D, I'm that's a special kind of person that'll drink sunny D because that stuff's horrible. (laughs) That's just a just a reference point. I got you. But uh, but I do like orange. I do typically like mango, and uh, it's a knockout. I mean, I just I like floral, fruity IPAs. I think that's what the point is, right? That's it. I mean, that's what I want in mind. I don't mind the dank every now and again, um, the dank flavor, the Under Army tasty to it. You know, as weird as that sounds, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm typically with it. But I, lately, I've gotten away from it. Like most yep. of the IPAs I do now, like. We were talking about ghost fruity hazy ones, yeah. Is uh, the fruity hazy? But like, I haven't even been there in a while. Like, I have been strictly on the new Belgiums. Yeah, well, that's good, man. I mean, they're doing solid product. The pumpkin beer that I just got recently, um, man, it's it's pretty phenomenal. Um, it's a little spicy on the end, which I've always loved a spicy beer, a pepper beer. I mean, I'll take it all day long. I don't know what I've they're ever using. Had I don't know what they're using to make it spicy. The only pepper beer that I did not like was the Habanero Sculpin um, by Ballast Point. And it was just, it, there was no flavor to it whatsoever. It was just heat. And it was horrible. But um, I typically like a good pepper beer. I saw, uh, let's see where you're at on this, is uh, I saw a video of a friend of ours, like a pint glass just like this, full to the brim. Yeah. Happened to be at Druid City Brewing. And it was the IPA, and he just downed it in like four chugs. And I was like, I'm very impressed, but that is, that's not the game. <laughs> no, no, you got you to enjoy that, especially you get a good IPA like that. You got to enjoy yeah, it. It's, you got to take your time, man. Is it four gulps? I mean, I might do it in eight gulps, but it's going to be over a period of time. I'm yeah. not going to quickly do it unless I'm there for the rest of the evening, you know? Yeah. It's like a. I'm not driving. I don't have any responsibilities. Uh, yeah, that would be the only way. 
Well, dude, what else on the uh, on the beers? Like anything new recently that you've drank that you've really yes, been into? Yes, I was at uh, Lusa Brews the other day in Tuscaloosa, and I had, um, I think it was the uh, Pipeworks Brewing Company. I don't know where they're out of, but it was uh, it was called S'more Money, S'more Problems. It was, <laughs> it was a s'more beer. Absolutely fantastic. So I don't know what at what time you're listening to this podcast, but chances are it may still be on the 63rd tap. Okay, so that's the the secret. That's one. the one in the door. Yeah, one behind the closet. Nice. So that was, I guess that was the when you went up to Miller Mushroom first time. Yep. Yep. For not first time for me. Okay. First time for my wife. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah I've always like fairly impressed with the beer selection they have in there. Yeah, I've had Snake Handler when I went in. Um, I mean, for me, I mean, I'd had everything on there. It was a lot of convenience store kind of beer, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, snake handler, I can't get everywhere. So, I'm going to take advantage of that every time I do. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it went nice with my with our uh, Mighty Meaty and our uh, the beer cheese over there. Good gracious. It's silly how good that crap is, man. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> I think that the one in Tuscaloosa there might have been the first Mellow Mushroom I went to, either there or Foley. But, like, I was, I was kind of blown away oh. by, like, uh, it is, like, the pizza and the environment is uh, it's to a different level. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely its own. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, the spring water crust or whatever it is. Yeah, it's, you're not gonna find crust like that on pizza. That's mm, just good. Like it's one thing that we're beginning to do at uh, Monson and Brothers. Like we're about to start serving up pizza. Yep, and uh, it's like that stone, you know, cooking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, that personally, that's my favorite style. And sure, it, it's been fun going down there on the uh, the taste tester nights and like. We're still trying to figure out the dough, like how to get that right. Yeah. And then you got to figure out sauce, how much sauce, what's too much. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be different by the person. And So I'm sure you'll go in there and like order a pizza. And if, after you've had one a couple of times, they'll pretty much know how to get you. Yeah. It'll be that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, as far as shows, was uh, the Abe Partridge, that's the last one you, you called? Um, Abe Partridge, and I think uh, Webb Wilder was, uh, was that since we've talked? I don't remember if Webb Wilder, if it... Well, we had Webb Wilder at the Columbus Arts Council and not full band, which, you know, um, growing up in Columbus, Mississippi and working, my first job in radio was free gig. It was at uh, WMUW on the W oh, Shout out Chris Jenkins for that wholesome post, man. Man, and did you see the, the old control room? Yeah. How crazy was that? That's where yeah, I got I mean, my start, like I was man. going through like the comments and all that, and I'm like, I saw yours, and it's like, dude, I, I literally started there. And I was yep. like, well, look where it led you, you know? Yeah, I'm mean, hearing 30 some odd years later still yeah. on radio. But um, I remember back in, I think it was 91, 92, working there, and Webb Wilder put out the. Uh, doodad record and we played the crap out of it you know so to chance to meet him was really cool yeah um 30 and, years later yeah 30 some <laughs> odd years later you know i mean still he's still making music but he did an acoustic thing the crowd loved him um he wants to come back i'm thinking i'm definitely going to have him come back awesome i mean it was pretty cool too because i mean the show's like uh it was been like a month ago so, I mean, just for those listening, would that be the record that you recommended for people to like, yes. get familiar with? Yes. Yes, definitely. Doodad? Doodad. And yeah. so, I'm, in, I'm excited about the, the upcoming show that we have at the Sunstroke House. It'll be my second time to see Jimbo Mathis, yep. but yep. if I understand correctly, this is going to be a high-energy show, and he's going to have some of those squirrel nut zippers with him? Oh, I don't know. Is that? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I Possibly? Mean, 
Possibly. I sure. think if I read the email right, I, Jamie was saying it's going to be high energy because okay. he's getting ready to go uh, tour, and this is going to be With like the, a, yep. a one-off stop. Yeah. Yeah, Jimbo's definitely a good show to see. We had him at the Columbus Arts Council earlier this year, mm-hmm. was it? Yeah. Um, definitely <laughs> it's, high, it's high energy and it's kind of um, uncontrolled, I would say, would be the best way to describe a Jimbo Mathis show. He's got he gets up on stage, he just lets loose, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. He's like got no he's got no format he follows. He maybe maybe he had a little too much to smoke before he went on or whatever. It's just gonna be it's gonna be a Jimbo Mathis show, but he's a great guy and it's yeah. gonna be good. So yeah. And then the last show that we caught together, you're wearing the T shirt now, is yes. uh, a partridge. Man, I was I first was, first time? Yes, first time ever to see him. Um it was really only my third time to meet him was that night. Yeah. Um, because it was funny how he got to the Columbus Arts Council because you had him on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I listened to the episode. Then I went to his website and realized I was like looking and they had this, the video where it talks about the preacher turned into an artist and you know all that stuff. And so I brought it to our gallery committee and I said, check this guy out from Mobile. He's really cool. And they looked at him was like, yes, main gallery all day long. And it's glad that it's finally come to the spot where we've got him. I'll he thought it. he was bringing his artwork up for one night and could turn around and going back home. I said, no, man, you're leaving for a month. <laughs> but super duper cool dude, man. I uh, mean, yeah. that's, that's, I, I that's figured he'd be, people. yeah, I figured he'd be as cool as he was. And he definitely was. I mean, even to the point of next time I see you, I want you out of that wheelchair, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he was very personable. Yeah. Like, uh, and, I found out about Abe Partridge through a podcast, and this is like full circle. So once again, uh, to this podcast, uh, to Colin Crager, to uh, telling me about the Sunstroke House and Jamie Nettles, and then going to uh, Jamie's house. Meeting me. Meeting you, and then uh, Ross Newell, uh, who I've had on the show. Yep. Great interview, if you haven't caught that. Way back in the archives. Yeah. But uh, after we got done doing this podcast, uh, Ross and I were just talking, and he's, "Are you you fairly in the podcast?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And he said, "Well, you have a similar show to uh, a cat named Farrell Gibbs down in Mobile. Now, unhand the monster. Um, it's over now, but you can go back and listen to those episodes. And what Farrell Gibbs did was he took." Um, in my opinion, and especially during that time, was he was talking to the best songwriters in Mobile. Yeah. Eric Erdman, A. Partridge, Ross Newell, uh, list goes on. I think he had about 10 episodes, I think. Yeah. And then he took On Hand the Monster, and it became like a troubadour show. So if someone really good was coming to town, Farrell would set up shop and talk to them a little bit, but kind of like what I would do before yeah, the, some of these yeah, shows. Yeah, gotcha. Um, but Farrell is a, is a wonderful interviewer, and uh, because of that podcast, he got a job with the Houston Chronicle, uh, being a journalist slash podcaster for the paper company out there. Oh, very cool. And uh, he's not doing that anymore. And so a little bit of spoiler because it's coming out next month, but him and Abe have been concocting up a podcast that uh, is – 
really going to blow people's minds. It deals with a subculture that is specific to, to the South. Snake handling, maybe? Just a touch. <laughs> so uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, I don't want to say too much about it, um, but Abe did allude to it the last time that we spoke here on the show. Yeah. So uh, that is coming, and I'm telling you, the uh, production and editing work of Farrell Gibbs is uh, is ain't no ain't no game. Better than ours. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say all that. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. But to see Abe live, um, and I mean, truthfully, to get the full experience, get his live in the UK record, the the agony is all right. all right. I mean, it is that is the epitome of him live. He's got that that he's what's the, how's his sense of humor? I mean, well, how do I describe it? He just, it's very dry. You don't expect it's going to be funny when it comes out that way. And he doesn't smile or laugh when he says it. He's just it, telling it. But it's just funny, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, it's like sometimes you don't know whether to, you know, you don't know whether to laugh or not. Yeah. And then it hits and it is, it is a punch. It's yeah. a punchline. Yes. Yeah. You know, and up to this point, I mean, I've heard a lot of Abe's stuff, never anything live, um, other than what I've heard off of Porch Talk. But um, up to this point, the... Uh, Black, fat, Black Flag T-Shirt Lament mm-hmm. has been my favorite song, but I think now it's uh, A. Partridge's 403rd Freakout. I've got a great video. <laughs> uh, I'll show it to you sometime, but I videoed his whole performance uh, at Porch Fest. Yeah. And uh, I had heard that song before, but it became my favorite A. Partridge, <laughs> yeah. a. Partridge song like when he played it in my kitchen at night. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, he said it took him 20 minutes to write and six months to learn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just so wordy. And then yeah. Jay just basically talks it out. Yeah, a lot going on and some fairly decent points. You know, it, the yeah. favorite part was when he was, you know, between Einstein and the Beatles, you know. Yeah. He was like, well, what if we gave Einstein to the Beatles and we gave, uh, you know. John Lennon to the. Well, if yeah. we gave Lennon to science. Yep. You know, I don't think any science lab would be interested in that unless they were interested in world peace yeah yeah so yeah um yeah so uh any of his songs though i mean you you know he talked about the idea of riding a roller coaster and i think that's good advice for like any singer songwriter especially in the folk is like you don't want to go sad 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 so he does a good job of uh sad and then funny or serious or yeah it's a good roller coaster because i mean white trash lipstick or um, you know, some of the funnier songs that he's done. Uh, Stuck in Alabama. Yeah. Is that the name of the song? Stuck in Alabama? Yeah, that is yeah, one. Okay, okay. Yeah. I thought it was. But yeah, uh, definitely, definitely one of my favorite um, musicians, definitely favorite, favorite artist yeah. uh, out of Alabama. Uh, Early James just came out with his new record. Yeah, I got a Strange gotta Time out. to Be Alive. Yeah, how does it compare to um, to singing for my supper? Doesn't doesn't it's different because to- what I've heard totally it sounded new. completely different. He did a song with um, Sierra Farrell, and um, is that their name right? That to me, last right name now, right, that, but, yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah. But that is that's still probably my favorite song off of that record. It changes daily the more I sit with it. But that that particular song is yeah. I mean, it was just like un. Completely unlike anything I'd heard of him before. Mm-hmm. So, no, I mean, the whole record was that experience. Like he shared a little bit of it with me uh, months ago. Yeah, I remember we set out uh, on your porch that night and listened to it, and we you were did, like, "This yeah. is 
this is way different than yeah. uh, anything that he has done with singing for my supper. And I was like, this might be one of those rare times where it's like a, it's a big jump for his evolution of a songwriter. But yeah. the one thing that was still stamped on there to me is like, I can immediately tell if Dan Arbach had his hands on something. Yeah. You know, you I, could definitely on this one. Oh yeah. On I mean, the first one you couldn't. I could like you Dan, could, Dan yeah. Arbach has like a certain way that he approaches sound. Like, yeah. Even if it comes down to uh, Marcus King, or even if you're talking about like with some of the other musicians that he's worked with, there's like there's just a certain tone. Sure. And and that was pretty cool the other night. I was listening to another podcast, and it was um, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers was being interviewed, and they talked about um, Rick Rubin being the Ooh. Chili Peppers producer. And how Rick Rubin is the one person that they've worked with that doesn't have a sound. There's not a certain thing that Rick Rubin does that you can listen to and go, oh, Rick Rubin produced that, you know. And that's what the Chili Peppers like so much about him. Oh. That and, and the fact that they he lets them do it live. And you know, it's overdubbing, of course, but he lets them do it live. Yeah. And just lets them, if today's not your day, then tomorrow will be. I mean, know? that's the same. And I'm super thankful. I don't know if you've had some time to spend uh, time with it. But uh, obviously, I don't guess people would tell it to my face. But I haven't had one bad review on the Porch Talk record yet. Oh, yeah. And uh, like all those live recordings... With the exception of, uh, I think, one, and that would have been Robert Conley Farr's. And that would have been a live recording. But when I sent over the name of the track to Abe to make for the art, I sent the wrong track name. (laughs) And it it happened to be a a song that did exist. So Robert had to give it to you. No, I I already had that one. Like It was between those two songs. Uh, And both of them were in the same vein. I just... When I was making him, like, the last song on side A, like, right when I saw I Ain't Dying, that's his, I was like, yeah, that's the end of side B. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then end of side B is Tim Higgins, Every Day is Not a Party, so turn it back over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, so that's good. You've gotten great positive reviews about it. Yeah. And, I mean, these, I mean, these are people with skin in the game that, you know, it's, it would be, you know, someone like you or, like, even, like, other musicians, uh, Fuzzy and the Rust Belts. Yeah. Uh, Fuzzy's like, I want to be on the next one <laughs> I, after the female one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, you know, uh, Amanda that sings mm-hmm. in with Fuzzy, I mean, it could be. Yeah. Because she does lead some songs. Yeah. But uh, they reached out. Amanda had bought a copy, and then she let Fuzzy borrow her copy, and then he writes me that night, and he's like, send me a copy tomorrow. Yeah. I said, will do. So, Fuzzy, awesome. you'll, you'll be having it by Thursday. There you go. Which will be the day this episode drops. <laughs> so you already know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's working on getting the artwork ready. Uh, we're using... Uh, this, this, I think we talked about it last time. Miss Megan Elaine uh, out of Quebec. She's doing the album art for the girls' record, and, and um, you're gonna have it's gonna be DJ'd, right? Yeah, we're gonna do some. We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna do, do some, the, the voice work, DJ a work, little, little intro outro yeah. work. Yeah, do like <laughs> what I have in mind. What I I don't know if you've you've seen um, Reservoir Dogs. Oh yes, I How's have. How Stephen Wright. Does the DJ work on the radio station? Oh, yeah. That's kind of what I have in my head. I'm not not in front of every song, you know, but every 
two or three something like twice on each side you know okay. just making a little and doing the intro or something you know i think that would be fun that'd be yeah. very unique yeah uh, that would definitely give sean a little uh something to work with when he's mixing and mastering <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, but I'm still uh, getting up with the girls and getting all the okays and getting all that together. So can can you give us a? I know Janet Simpson. Mm-hmm. Uh, One you had mentioned, or Sarah Lee Langford. Yep. Uh, Rebecca Eglin. Soren Bryce. Oh yes. Uh, I dig her new project too. Tummy oh, ache. Tummy ache. Yes. Yeah, good. Tummy ache's good. Uh, and there's there's a few that I've reached out to in the past. It was a yes, and I'm just trying to confirm in what song. So I I don't really. Uh, Com- that's about all I can say right now. Completely off subject, but did you know that this past week it was one year since the last Soren Bryce show at Sunstroke? I did because I had a Facebook told me so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it came up for me as well. So I I, I actually reposted it. Um. Yes, she's she's an awesome person. Oh yeah, I like her a lot, and she, she's been uh, she's been really good um, to me. You know, that was the first musician interview yep. I'd ever done. Yep, I remember that because remember you talked about it last time we interviewed her because mm-hmm. I helped you interview her the second time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm a huge uh, huge fan of Sorens, and right when I, you know, she's over in London, so I, I didn't. I've got a phone number of hers, but you know I don't know how those international things work. If that's if that phone's only good for here, if it's got, a, <laughs> yeah. I don't have any idea. Yeah, it, it, it's here, there, and I DM'd her on Instagram, and I was like, I've got this record project, and I'd like for you to be a part of it. What say you? And uh, she's like, Damn, hell so, yeah, okay, good deal. Well, cool, man. So I we're mean, st- still building up that set list, getting it ready. I'm in no hurry because I still have about 250 more records to sell. Wow. And we still have not done um, an actual release party. So uh, planning that with Munson, uh, down at Munson Brothers in Columbus, Mississippi. I still need to talk <coughs> to uh, Tyler Marshall and Bo Hicks yep. at Druid City. I wanted to do one there. And then in Birmingham, I wanted to go to Seasick Records. So are you going to try to have an artist play that's on the I record? was thinking, yeah, at least three. Yeah, or possibly four. So, just for instance, with here in Columbus, it would be uh, me, Can Rabbit, Can Rabbit, Bo Jeffries, uh, Philip Sable, and I and Matt could represent Groove Johnson. I mean, yeah. we are Groove Johnson. Yeah, and uh, that would probably that would be a good show. And each each you know iteration share two or three songs and call it a night. Yeah, and then in Tuscaloosa, I would reach out to. Uh, Taylor, yeah, Will, uh, Tim, and I would be there, uh, and would possibly just depending on what part of the country Abe is in, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe he could show up. Yeah, seasick definitely Taylor. Yeah, seasick definitely Taylor and Will again. Yeah, and that's another thing is I want to get these album release parties going because like any sales or donate, I'm not taking anything those nights. So if you uh, on top of like, I am supporting the artists who are on it. Uh, some of them have already uh, seen some kickbacks from the records, but like we play these album release shows, like I'm not keeping any money from that. So if we sell 20 records yeah. at 20 dollars a piece, 400 bucks, 
that's none of that is mine. That goes directly to them and being a part of the project. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not taking any of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, um, do you want to uh, to give me a couple copies for the arts council? I'll sell them right there on the front desk. Yeah, yeah, def- I definitely will. I'll yeah. bring some over. I mean, uh, and I, I, I want to get them in four copies, places. five copies. You know, and see I, what we can do. I'm really appreciative of you know all the small businesses that have, and I'm not done yet. Like dropping them off and uh, getting them out to different communities. Uh, Chef's Vinyls in Fulton, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bought 10 copies. Awesome. Uh, and he is a lover of music, and there are audio files in that neck of the woods that would, you know, I, I think they would totally be into it if yeah. if they find it. And uh, I got to talk to Scooter. Obviously, Munson Brothers has some. Yep. Uh, Oz Music. I'm going to get over there to them eventually. Guitar Gallery in Tuscaloosa. Yep. Possibly Selma. And then I won't. I would love for Seasick to hold some of them, you know. On top of like, uh, we have Spencer Thomas. He is uh, currently in Athens. Even if I don't do a release party there, I would like to just go over to Athens for you know a day or two, kick it, find a good record store, and maybe just throw like an improv something yeah. together, you know. Yeah, just, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Great little trip to Athens. Yeah, yeah. Just a. Try to do something because I, I would like to, and with Robert, you know, he's up in Canada right now, and so I was going to mail him a couple of copies. And you know, like for him to be in Canada, living in Canada, like you'd never know it looking at his feed because the majority of the yeah, pictures are from the Delta. Yeah. So it's like he jumps back and forth, and like three pictures from the Delta, then a picture from British Columbia. The way I keep it, you know, he always he'll he'll hashtag East Van, and I was like, okay, yeah. Canada. Yeah. yeah, that's where that's. That at. is a good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, you never know where that guy is at. It's like he's down here all the time, but he must take just a shit ton of pictures whenever he does. Or come someone down. That someone's sending them or yeah, something. something. Right? That, that, no, that. he's got a, he's got his own style of picture taking. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's kind of got a um, Wes Anderson style of, of photo taking. Yeah. Where you get the whole entire... Man, I don't know, it's really weird. I can't describe it, but... Well, I think he did with a Wes Anderson. Anyone who knows like Wes Anderson would know what you They'll mean. They'll get that. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. And I've got, we've got some other opportunities coming up. I'm hoping, uh, I think, Startable Daily. I'm going to interview with them uh, sometime this week. Uh, to talk about the record, I've reached out to uh, the dispatch here uh, to try to get them to write an article or something. And I wanted WCBI, and um, I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but Ryan is in, and I was wanting to go in there and like do a fear and loathing style to where um, I dressed up. This is, this, I don't wonder where this is going. <laughs> yeah. And I'll have Ryan come out as the attorney. You've seen the film. Yeah, yes, like, most definitely. And have, like, every time I go to speak and have Ryan as your attorney, I, I think it would be better if I spoke on this. <laughs> it, you know, it just, yeah, but he said a Del Toro in the yeah, movie. Also. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic character. That's a great. Wow. And just yeah. go in there with the hat, the, you know, just <laughs> yeah. the, way, the way it would <laughs> it, I, I hope it happens I've emailed about them I don't know if they're going to take the pitch or not <laughs> that'll be totally cool you guys could pull it off Yeah, I think you could yeah yeah, yeah I don't know though man with the beard I don't think oh, you'd, I'd shave it you'd shave it bite your hair I'd pin it back <laughs> just hide it under the hat hide right? under hat there yeah. you go okay there you go yeah because um, what was the character's name in the Fair and Loving 
Oh, it's that great reporter, and now I'm blanking on him. Oh, it was played by Johnny Depp. Yes, um, this I cannot remember. This has got name. to be because he's like one of my favorites. Yeah, Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter, did the that's book. it. Well, but yeah, but did, did he play Hunter in the movie? Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't man. It's been a while since I've seen it. I guess I didn't realize he was playing Hunter. Um, I know that like if you ever watch an interview with Hunter. And then watch Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. You'll definitely know who he's playing, or who he modeled the character after, for sure. And I can do that whole thing. I was going to walk out with the. Uh, I was going to borrow one of them cigarette holders from some old lady. Yeah, <laughs> from and just, some and just, old lady. <laughs> like they're the only ones that have those old cigarette holders. I don't know a dude that has one. <laughs> I've seen some old ladies. Amazon. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'll get my own. Like, I don't know. Just walk out there, just yeah. wave it around, have the sunglasses on. Yeah, and the visor. Yeah. You got to have the visor going. And the whole time, like, just you, you talk like you have something. This is bad country. Bad country. <laughs> oh. I, like, I remember watching um, interviews with him, and he's sitting there going, well, what the fuck was that? <laughs> he's like, he mumbles his so. Oh, hey, the, the whole thing about Hunter S. Thompson, I thought that movie called it, like pretty good like he was in las vegas carrying different events and like you know i think a lot of what hunter s thompson did as a journalist was fascinating because like he he met whomever or what that's what that kind of person was where they were like i mean in the film you know he went out to this dirt track yeah and like he just gets out i'm done with this yeah you know and then like he goes on a bender with his quote-unquote lawyer you know yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that the Gonzo style of writing that uh, that he brought I me mean, pretty much that was just what he did. Yeah, um, I'm glad that they got a name like Gonzo because that's so cool. And then who is the artist that does all of the um, Hunter S. Thompson art? Who I, I don't know who that artist is, but that is one of the most I've never seen any art like that ever in the world. That's um, the character drawings and and um, there's even a, a, a beer company. That uses nothing but that artist on their beer Be- bottles. Ralph Steedman? Maybe so, yeah. I've never looked it up before. It's, uh, you're about to be able to confirm it. I've got to get a new phone, this whole thing. It's just, <laughs> it's just it's tearing down. Well, I'm, I'm not going to tell you to get a Android, but get oh, an Android. This is the first iPhone I've ever had, and it's the most disappointing experience I've ever had. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. That sucks. I was, I, <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 I went from it's iPhone not for to Android. Me. And I'll tell you this. I is, um, I'll show you an example. Like, uh, Obviously, this is an audio podcast, but <laughs> so we'll see how that's that. blurry? Yes. Now, when that was sent to me, that's what it looked like. Oh, yeah. that's. But any time I go to post it, it's blurry. And then we got the uh, Android users in the band to post it, and it's pristine. And then we go into it, and (laughs) Philip was sharing. He was like, yeah, I think that's actually a lawsuit with Apple right now. Like, they get you to get these unwarranted updates for no reason, and they actually just dumb your phone down to where it can't do just simple operating processes uh, like that yeah know? yeah it's like that totally checks out because i've never had an issue with an android with anything of that nature yeah now yeah you can you can look at the porch talk uh instagram or facebook feeds and see the 
cosmic gravy yeah. graphic that he's talking about. Yeah, it's, it's kind of fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. Because I know I've, I've liked all your stuff. Yeah. I tried to. Yeah, I tried to, yeah. And I appreciate the love. I need it. What's this other beer we're drinking on? Um, we're drinking t- Trim Tab IPA. Um, I'll be honest, when Trim Tab first came out, I thought they were the most horrible brewery in Birmingham. I was like, this beer is horrible. But after about two years in business, they've stepped over. They, they've been in business a lot longer than that. But after about two years, they stepped up to be one of my favorites. And now they are the best brewery in Birmingham. I'll say that. That's strong. Yes, it's strong. Because Good People's a good dang brewery. Good, good People's I mean, there? You got Avondale? You, yeah, I know. Ghost. Yes. But no. I love Trim Tab. I don't know what they're doing. They're one-offs. They're big, gigantic beers. They're regular beers. I mean, their Trim Tab IPA is kind of like the go-to pool beer for me. Like, I'm hanging out at the pool. That's what I want. This is the first one I've had of the uh, gravitational nectar. And uh, coming off the 1985 by New Belgium, you drop 6.1%, but... uh, I could drink these all day. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, I mean, like when I think IPA, I don't know if maybe, you know, the content of that one is just a touch hoppier, but like coming off of that, this literally tastes like a, uh, just like a, a typical light beer at the moment. Yeah. Well, that's not a good, that's not a good review. Well, I'm not, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I, this, like our, the uncle analogy yeah. that we always yeah. use yeah. is like, you could give this to your uncle. And he sure. would be like, "Okay, that's all right." Yeah, I mean, it's a it's an easy sipping IPA, not too crazy, not too out there, not too high in content, alcohol content. You know, I mean, it's just a middle of the road pool sipping kind of beer. I'm with it. Not gonna get you cross eyed at the pool. <laughs> Those dang juice forces will. I can attest. Oh man, like I I've I used to be. Back in the day, right, um, when I was living outside of Birmingham, when I'd go to the pool, it was like, let me see, I'm going to take some snake handler to the the pool. And then, you know, after about an hour, I'm going to be the drunkest guy in the pool. It didn't take me long to realize I can't do that. I got to slow sip. I got to get me something a little less high alcohol content. Got to give a shout out to uh, Heart of Roads, Toby and Max. Um, They threw a house show. This past weekend. I did not go to it. Did you? I was there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, I was there. Uh, Max and uh, Toby uh, did a great job of continually reminding me that this show was coming up. Uh, they had Gianni Stennis. Uh, he's a local uh, rapper. Yep. He, he makes his own beats. And um, I'm really into his style. Like, he did his first show, I th- maybe ever, with the exception of maybe like a house show. Yeah. At Monson's, and I, I'll, I think this is what made it so memorable to me, was uh, it was called like the Requiem, or that night he was calling it the funeral. Like the whole album of work, like everything that he was doing that night, he was dedicating to the death of an old girlfriend, and like he wanted us to like light up like hundreds of candles, and I was like, dude, these candles cost us like ten bucks a pop to make. We're not gonna do that. Yeah, I was like you can go to Walmart and get your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, besides the point, but uh, like he's very intentional. Like 
with lighting and everything that he does and i mean i've got quite a bit of respect he's a young guy too though so yeah. I, I think he's got a good head on his shoulders as far as like uh uh his artistic freedom and like what he's trying to express with yeah. not only That's lyric cool. lyrics or beats yeah but also with the uh the environment and how he can manipulate it visually yeah uh so i'm i'm a huge fan of that uh whip appeal uh they are a band out of new orleans uh even though uh, the two singers, they're from Boston, Massachusetts area. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they met the rest of the band down in New Orleans. And it was funny when I met them at uh, Max and Toby's, uh, I introduced myself to James. And I was like, I don't know if you'd be into it, but... Uh, after everything's over. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I've got a podcast I do, and I'd love to interview y'all. And he's like, well, you're going to asked us where we're from and about our influences. And I was like, that's some typical pretty good openers for questions. But I won't. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, dude, I'm just messing with you. It's your show. You can do whatever you, you, can do whatever you want to do. But he was yeah. like, we were just on this, uh, this radio show, and you can totally tell that the DJ or whomever it was conducting it was, was yeah. just phoning it in. Yeah. Like, they, they, had, they had never listened to us. And you could tell that they did minimal research. It was like, because like the questions that they were asking, it's like, even like I I knew some things about them just because I knew Toby and Max, right? And I yeah, was asking sure. Toby and Max about them. Yeah. And so like some of the things that he was bringing up, like, and I don't think James is being a dick, right? Yeah. I think he was just like, I don't want to do this if it's a waste of my time. Sure. And which I respected. Yes. And I, and I totally get that because I remember when I was working at 95 through the bear, um, on about three different occasions, I, I had, uh, had a phone conversation interview with Charlie star from Blackberry smoke, mm-hmm. one of my favorite bands. Um, and I know a lot about them. Well, there was this one time they were coming to Birmingham and I got an interview with him. It's like the third or fourth time I've talked to him. He calls, I mean, I'm like, things are crazy at the radio station. It's like, shit, I got like one minute and Charlie's going to be calling me. I got to go up to the radio, um, up to the booth and, and interview him real quick. And I asked him all the generic questions. And you listen back to that interview and it's just like, he was like, yeah, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it was just yes or no answers because he knew I was totally, at that point, I had to tune out. I was just asking him. The generic questions: You, what's your style of songwriting like? What can people expect from a Blackberry Smoke show? You know, typically not my interview style at all. But mm-hmm. I was just in a point where it's like I need to get this out, 
get this recorded and get it out on the air and move on with my business because I got a hundred other things going on, you know? Yeah. It really sucks, but that's what happened. You know, and with that conversation I had with Jane, well, we had, it was a full band interview. It was a 1v4, you know? Like, I was, it was me against the band with that interview, and uh, I did get to those questions, but not in a conventional way. Yeah. And I, I think there's... And I and I am I've improved a lot, but I like I'm not to like the level of interviewing that I want to get to, but like I I am past like asking those kind of questions sure, because sure. You, you have know, to be because at face value you'd be like okay yeah this is we're we're throwing softballs and also like with someone who might listen to the podcast these might be questions that would come first to their mind, but we can get there in a different way. Sure. We don't have to go this boring, conventional way. We can get there through other means. Yeah. And And if you're going to make it a compelling interview, you're best to start out or to ask questions that are totally just you bullshitting with the artist. Oh, yeah, and that's the way I went. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you've gotten really good at that. (laughs) You've gotten to me, not to say that you started out with any kind of format, but you've gotten very good at being more relaxed in front of artists. I mean, because I remember doing the first one or two of these, you know, and I was oh, kind yeah. of leading you into it. You know what I mean? And now just, I just sit back it's and let you ask me. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and I didn't put any, and typically for most interviews and things now, I don't do a whole lot of background work. And, like, typically I might have, like, you or someone to sit alongside and help out, but. On top of that is, if you can ask a open, if your first question can be open enough, you can chase that rabbit all the way home. Sure. Without ever asking a conventional question. If your first question out the gate is good. It just takes one good question. I got you, yeah. And, like, what is that question? Well, I, I, don't, I don't really know. You just need to, like, between the time of you meeting that person or knowing someone that knows that person... That's where it happens, and yeah. then let it go from there. Sure, uh, but you know, I I couldn't imagine like I was very happy that you sat in with me with Jimbo Mathis because like that would have been very generic for me. Yeah, because like, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't come from the same background as you do as far as interviewing is concerned because typically, I mean, what I've done in the past, I'm working radio, I've got four minutes to ask all the questions I need to and then move on. And, um, and I think it took me a while, I mean, interviewing Brad Paisley and yeah. Billy Currington and Luke Bryan. It and this took is me more a, long form, so you have time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it took, it took me a while to get to the point where when I'm talking to Shooter Jennings or I'm talking to Charlie Starr of Blackberry Smoke or whoever, that I'm kind of, I get a little more relaxed and we don't talk about the typical shit, you know? Um, but I've got three, four minutes, and it's all I got with the artists because they've got a schedule of people they're going That's through, right. you know. So, um, yeah, you do an excellent job long form. I mean, I could do a great job long form too. I mean, I've had those moments like at the radio station, being in the studio with um, with uh, Deontay Wilder yeah. for 20 minutes, you know, or being in the studio with Killer Bees, the comedian, you know, for an hour. You know, there's plenty enough time to do stuff like that. So, but you're 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 good, dude. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just learning. You know, yeah. just listening to other podcasts. Like, there's a there's another podcast. I don't listen to it anymore. It's like uh, he had uh, Erica Winterstrom. It's the Working Songwriter. 
Yeah. And uh, I used to listen to that all the time, and he had the funny little catchphrases like, uh, writing a song and using reverb is, isn't, doesn't make it a song. Yeah. Or, or something along those lines. And he had Erica Winterstrom on, and I listened to that interview. And then shortly after that, like, Erica would come on here, not once, twice. Yeah. And both of those interviews were 100 times better than what he did, in my opinion. Yeah, sure. Uh, which, I mean, I, I do think kind of highly of this. But, I, I mean, I would take it serious. Sure. Like, uh, I've had some crap interviews. Like, yeah. uh, I got really hammered with Shara Shook, and that was a horrible interview. Yeah. That never saw the live day, did it? Oh, yeah, half of it did. Half of it did. You don't want to hear the other I half. I don't remember. <laughs> But uh, like I mean, I've had, I've had some bad one-offs, you know, or like I mean, you know, the night that we had early James up at your apartment, like we had all had too much to drink that night. Yeah, yeah. But it was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was the whole time. Early was looking at me like, or James was looking at me like, he warmed up. Who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah. Why are, why are you in this podcast? <laughs> but yeah, he did. He did warm up. Good dude. Um, yeah, I've had some like the worst ones. And I remember talking years ago, um, I produced a, a morning show out of Birmingham called Beaner and Ken. And um, I remember talking to Ken one time, having a conversation like you never want to interview a comedian over the phone. So years ago, the very first interview I did, I was working so at was 99. Was it a comedian point, over the phone? <laughs> I, what? Was it a comedian yes, over the phone? Yes, it was. It was 99.9 The Fox, like 9 o'clock on a whatever morning. I was recording it to air in my afternoon shift. Yeah. And it was uh, James Gregory, the funniest man in America, he called himself. That's a lie. It was the worst interview I've ever done. Like, I would, I would like I'd listen to his stand-up prior to, and so I was trying to walk him into jokes. He would answer the questions with, yep. And then there would be silence. And then I'd ask him the next question. Oh, yeah, yeah, most times. You know, he's know, like, like the the few co- ah. The few comedians that I've interviewed, and like this ain't to that level. But if you're right in front of them, yeah. it's different. No, but I mean, I've done some Skype or like, but still I was looking at them. But yeah. um, like, and these aren't James Gregory. It's not to that caliber, but. Typically, would it's not really that caliber either. Well, <laughs> but you go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but if you get a feel for their style, like I would make a comment about something going on culturally, and just see where they went. You know, yeah, like yeah. if you tell, like, take somebody like Bill Burr, like he's really good about like, and it doesn't bother me at all. Like, and I happen to belong to that like culture. It's like. He'll crap all over like Christianity. Yeah. But he'll walk it back like, I really don't know what I'm talking about. So don't, you know, you're right. <laughs> yeah. But like, he'll, he'll, he'll take two or three stabs and walk it back. Gotcha. And so, like, it would be easy for me to interview, be like, Did you hear about Westboro Baptist Church? Now, that happened years ago, but, you know, yeah, that is an sure. extreme case. Sure. And I'd be like, Oh, Bill Burr's about to get wound <laughs> up on this one. Right. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and yeah. that's a real easy example. But, like, just something that they typically do in their stand up is like, I'm about to get this guy going. Yeah. It's like this interview's about to take care of itself. I, I tell you what, in your career, man, if you could do it not over the telephone, but if you can do it in person, if you ever get the opportunity to interview a wrestler, do it. Oh, hell yeah. The best interviews ever I've done. They are the greatest entertainers. The two, I mean, <laughs> actors, yeah. 100%. There's but a reason why The Rock and all these guys are getting these the two, gigs. The right? two, I think we've talked about this on yeah. the podcast before, but the two best interviews I ever did was Diamond Dallas Page and Triple H. I did it over the phone, the best. 
hands down, and you don't have to interview them. Yeah, they'll just go. Oh, they, yeah, they know. They know what to do. <laughs> if you ever get the chance, like, though, just to go back to the Jimbo Mathis just for a second, yeah, would be like if it was just me, and like if I was going by what I knew about Jimbo, and if I didn't have your help there in that scenario, yeah, that would have been a very vanilla interview. Yeah, and I think like Jimbo being as gracious as he is, like he would have entertained the questions, but like. It would have been a softball after softball, and it really wouldn't have been help for anyone, really. Yeah. And I, I think about that, like, you know, uh, I think it was Andrew of Great Peacock. Yeah. He's like, if you could interview anybody in the state of Alabama for a singer-songwriter, who would it be? And I just kind of thought about it for a second. He was like, maybe Jason Isbell. And I was like, I don't think so. Yeah. He's like, really? And I was like. One, I don't think Jason Isbell does interviews, especially podcasts. And two, it's like, what would I ask him that would have any value? Because, like, uh, if you're familiar with Jason Isbell, sure. you know his music. Yeah. You know where he stands up on most issues because he's very vocal about it. Uh, what I don't have anything to offer him, and there's there's nothing that I could probably ask that would add anything to that. Does that make sense? Sure. It's almost like, you know, I, I wouldn't be uh, concerned about interviewing like a George Strait. It's like, what are you going to do? That hasn't been done, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because I've... I've yeah. And that really isn't my style. Like, I'll, I'll interview Taylor Hollinsworth a hundred times. We'll do a drunk history of Birmingham. That doesn't matter, but like... But who hasn't heard them answer these questions eight hundred times? Like I've I've interviewed yeah. Brad Paisley and Billy Currington, all these big country stars. Right, right, right. And it's just it's I mean everybody knows everything about Luke Bryan. They yeah. don't need me to tell them about it. You know, right. what I mean? it's like what are you going to do? I mean, obviously, yeah. like you're it's a radio station and you're building up like giving away free tickets for show, and a show yeah. and yeah. all that. But like this podcast is like we're trying to get to the nitty gritty of something. So it really doesn't yeah. serve me at all. If like okay, you've got a like. John Fersanti or like Flea, like that wouldn't serve me. Yeah, like oh shit. <laughs> I mean, it would. It, it, it would. It would. Blow I'll, I'll definitely. If you ever get John Fersanti or Flea on your show, I'll do it with you. I would let you and Cobb do it. <laughs> like Cobb doesn't have tattoos. Yeah, and Cobb has like been considering like you know the uh, the the red hot right, chili so peppers. Yeah, the asterisks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. he's he's considered getting that. And I was like. Big move, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I'd probably let y'all two have that. Not that I, I'm a huge yeah. Pepper fan. So, so if I can have my wish of who I wish you would interview, um, and he's a great dude. I've spent time with him. Lacero. No, <laughs> no Alabama musicians. Okay. I'm thinking Paul from uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones. I think you I've guys. I've had Chad were, from the band. I, yes, I yes, but I think Paul because I just I dig Paul. He's just a He's an amazing. See, I could spirit. do a whole lot with that because there's yeah. there's there's a lot of unknowns out there. And then I think it, does, I, does, I think I would I love to hear make sense. Yes, definitely. I think I think I would love to hear you do the Banditos as well. Yeah, out of Birmingham. I would like to. Uh, if I could talk to anyone in Alabama, it'd probably be Waxahachie. Oh man, yeah, definitely. Her who started out because now she's Pennsylvania, but yeah, yeah. oh definitely, yeah. that'd be a great. And, you know, we thought at one point we were going to try to have her at Sunstroke House. So it's like, oh, fingers crossed, fingers mm-hmm. crossed, fingers crossed. I want to help you with that interview. So, yeah, I dig uh, Katie Crutchfield. Yeah. Definitely. I dig her sister, too, Allison. Um, her band's swearing. Probably the, the band that's been most played on 
Indies at only. one point on Indies Only, yeah. But I don't know. I've got a. I mean, there's a lot of cool projects coming down the pipe, and yeah, uh, there's a lot out there, man. There's a lot of uh, a lot of bright future ahead of the show. With everything going on, man, the music world just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Now the pandemic is kind of coming to a close. Oh my god, dude! You know? Like it's almost like I forgot how fast things went because things are getting back to yeah regular yeah. speed. Yeah, and it's if it what I mean. In, it was said on, like, I think the first interview I had and the second one, like, with Abe. Like, if it wasn't with the pandemic, that would have never happened. Yeah. You know? Uh, possibly, but he would have been so busy touring. Yeah. And God only knows what I would have been doing. I mean, th- those uh, early James and the latest, that probably wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, his music career would probably be 100 times more than it was right now. Sure. Sure. I mean, you have to think so about like with everybody. That first record right? was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, why that was? He was he was one of the best people um, musically that I think we've ever had at the Columbus Arts Council. And at the time we and had him, that was just him and Ford. That wasn't even full band. I you know? know. When we had him, everybody in that room commented to me later, "That's the best show you've ever had at the Columbus." Didn't Arts even Council. put him up in the theater. No. <laughs> no, we had him downstairs with thirty people. Yeah. And we could have had him upstairs with ninety. Oh man. Anyways. Anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, I th- I think about that with uh, just all the musicians or artist friends that I have now that have, you know, on the show haven't been on the show. But uh, as things open back up, it's crazy. Like it's been two and a half years, but life is somewhat getting back to somewhat normal for most people now. Uh, and with these bands, and I'm I'm so excited for uh, for them, like Fuzzy and the Rust Belts. I love following them because. I'm literally watching that band hit it. Yeah. And like doing everything right. Yeah. And like early James and the latest. I mean, that's going to be a big deal. Yep. A Partridge is going to be a big deal. Yep. You know, we don't have to worry about that. Uh, I mean, we could go down the list of people who have been on the show or are friends of the show. Um, 89 Volt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He'll be at the. He'll be at the Columbus Arts Council in January. Yep. Gonna do a little uh little reunion there. Yep, yep. Don't need to. Definitely. He's a good interview. I like I like a lot uh, of fun. Brooks a lot. Yeah. A lot Very of fun. cool. Well dude, uh anything I know there's a lot of things going on at the Columbus Arts Council. Um
into right now um the new record from a band called tallies is phenomenal and i've really gotten into this and i want you to check this dude out maybe on the way home tonight his name is tonks t-o-n-k-s that's it check out tonks tonks has become one of my favorite bands um 
I've been listening to them at the Arts Council like constantly. And also a band called Harbor with a U in it. You know, I think they're maybe from England or something. Probably so. Where they so use we're talking like H A R B O U R. Yes, it. That's it. Yeah. So those are three bands that I'm yeah. into that you need to check out Tallies, Harbor, Tonks. Especially Tonks. I dig Tonks, tonks a lot. Tonks up at the top. Man, I've been like. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to call it a rut. Okay. But uh, the new early James record's out, so I've been soaking that thing up. Yeah. I've been all over "Agony Is All Right" by A. Partridge. I've yep. been like, I listen to it every day. I still listening to uh, uh, the past two records that Taylor Hollinsworth has put out. I've been listening to the new Will Stewart. I've been listening to the new Slack Times. That new Slack Times is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. But I've I've really been caught up on the slight, the new slight times. Like I, I'm really yeah. I'm really proud of uh, McCulley, uh, Stewart, uh, Wallace. I mean, the, the, it's practically all the blips. It's, <laughs> it's practically a lot of the blips. Yeah, three of three of the five. Uh, well, I think they get West to sit in and do drums sometimes. I'm not yeah. sure. Huh. I, I can't quote on that, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the new Will Stewart. Have you spent any time with that? I'm not. Well, other than the single that yes, yes, bo- I've spent the box time of wine that tastes like yes. shit. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. But other than that, like it's it's. I'm sure you get like this. Well, this is a good topic. Is uh, like let's go for instance today. I'm riding around. This is a day where I ride around in the work truck and I'm getting reads from the meters in town. And I wasn't in the mood to listen to somebody talk, so I'm plugging in music. Okay, I go Boss Tones. Then I go Beastie Boys. Yeah. I go Band of Horses, so I'm all bees right now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, And then like it goes down to a band called Hum. Yes. Very familiar with Hum. Yeah, so Stars is probably my yeah. favorite song by yeah. them. And... Uh, like, and I'm, I'm. It's from the Stars record, I believe. Yeah, right? it had a zebra on it. Yeah, yeah, with like a teal cover. Yep. And then I go to Weezer. Yeah. And uh, which you can't ever go wrong with Weezer, but uh, yeah, I've, I'm like spiraling down like just bands I grew up on instead of like, like I, I did mention a lot of new things, but like I was just like in a spiral of things but that I, mean, I know. But I mean that comes, you know. Um, I've had this conversation with other people how like when I go and buy records, granted I'm in a different position than normal people, but we tend to buy things that we grew up on that we remember that because for years I worked in radio and I collected every CD. If we got a box of CDs in, one of them came to my house. Mm -hmm. So I was stuck with over 3000 CDs at one point. So I had more music than I could ever consume. So when vinyl became a thing and I got a record player, it was like let's I'm gonna I'm gonna buy everything that I want, yeah, everything to make my record collection fantastic. I'm not gonna buy just random shit. It ain't no just one, because ain't no one offs here. No, I'm not going to the dollar bin and, and fucking bringing home thirty records. No. You know, I'm buying the stuff that makes sense to me. And a lot of it tends to be old punk stuff I grew up on, old 5'8 records, old whatever, you know, bands that, the replacements, bands that I grew up on. 
because that's like the things that made me feel comfortable. Those are the things that 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 it's kind of like watching um, your favorite TV show growing up, like when you're sick. It's like a comfort to okay, it. Okay, it's almost like chicken noodle soup. It's like macaroni and cheese. Yes, for me, it's grilled cheese. I get that. Like uh, yeah. when I go over to a person's house, if they happen to have a record player, and then they show me their record collection, after I see the record collection, will tell me if I will ever hang out in that person's house again. <laughs> yeah, like used to years ago, and my wife and I talked about this. Now, the other for some day. people, it would be for like movie files. Like you look at someone's well, yeah, movie and, collection. Well, yeah, like for for me and my or wife, books. Books. That's what we used to. I used to go over to people's house, and you would look at their books, and if they've got, you know, um, I don't. Books that I wouldn't read, you know. The satanic but I, but verses. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I, mean, I mean that guy just got stabbed. But I mean, in the if face. they if they've got you know the Bukowski in their book collection, I'm probably going to dig this person. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So as I mean, records are the same way, or I think music is the same way. It's okay to get hung up on the old stuff, um, but it's good to keep an ear down to the ground for the new stuff as well because there's so much new stuff coming out it's good i have another uh, radio friend he listens to the show sup darren uh so uh he's a purist and what i mean by purist is like he is uh if he can't put his hands on it he's not interested what i mean by that is like no spotify no apple music no itunes like it has to be hard copy CD, nothing wrong hard with that. Co- yeah. hard copy record. Now, uh, nothing wrong with that at all. Sure. But like I would, uh, my thought is, Bandcamp now has an app that works really well. Yeah. And a lot of bands that maybe don't have the funding to put out a CD, or definitely can't make a record. Sure. That's a great way to find them. Maybe, yeah, maybe they, but some of them don't put their music on Apple or Spotify. It, sometimes it's just CD Baby or Bandcamp only. Yeah. And so, like, I don't think it's like, if you're a purist that's looking for the real. Now, granted, he's more of a classic rock guy, so, like, there's not no more classic rock being made. <laughs> yeah. But if you're someone like you or me who, are, who is constantly looking for what is the latest and greatest. Yeah. We have to we have to have Spotify. You have to have Apple. You have to have Bandcamp, and like you need to have someone with their ears on the ground. Yeah. I, I don't think you can get away with that now. If you're, I mean, like classic rock, and I'm not hating, but classic rock is, I mean, 20 years or older is like, it's it's not going to get any newer. Sure, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah, well, I think for me, and and I mean, being a radio person and saying that I subscribe to Spotify is like that's sacrilege in a lot of circles you know but the thing that's cool to me is the recommended artists you know like I could start with Waxahachie but I can end with Greeting Committee you know what I mean mm-hmm. because I've went through who the, who's like minded I've check out this dude if you get a chance Willie T. Taylor oh, T-E-A I, I mean worry. I found him through a partridge on we Spotify, listen, we listened to him on yes, up at the we did. and then I found him, and I'm just I'm in love with the dude now. You know, I follow Same him on vein. Instagram and stuff. Yeah, Same vein. so I mean, there's like that's what I love is how you can you can go off all these different little legs, and next thing you know, you're at a completely different style of music. Next thing you know, I'm gonna start out at a Partridge, and I end up at Irish folk songs. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I love it absolutely. And I mean, just another point to that is like, and I hope that. 
you know, listeners of the show get this uh, from Porch Talk or specifically Indies Only are the music interviews that are done on Porch Talk is I would love for Porch Talk to be an avenue for music discovery, which I believe it sure, is. Yes, yes. On, on I mean, t- you putting out the record is an avenue for music discovery. Right. And, and I mean, that is like a huge passion of mine. It's like, I want you to know what, what I'm into, what I'm about. And I was like, here you go. Yeah. Like, here's 13 artists. Yeah. I mean, I think you've, you've offered a great service to folks that they don't, and it's, and it's in final form. Mm-hmm. It's something that I like having in my collection. And I, I don't know if I'm going to give it over to, like, the digital media. Like, I mean, there's, we've, we've talked about it. I don't have anything against it. It's just not the way that I want it consumed. We made 300 cuts of that record. Sure. I'd like to sell 300 cuts and know that it's sitting in 300 homes. Yeah, people who and actually listen to it. Who, who actually care. And yeah. it's not, and not that it, like, okay, yeah, we could release it on uh, Spotify and, like, release it to each artist's name and they could get be getting some cuts off. Yeah. I'm totally good with that if that's what they want. But like personally, I'm not in it for the money. Yeah. I don't give a damn about the money. I I do give a damn about getting the project paid for. Yeah. To where it's not a sinko. Yeah. But after that, like I don't care about that. I, it's a love project. Yeah. I want you to know about these artists. That's awesome, man. I mean, that's why most artists do it. It's the love of it. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. And so like that avenue, like, you know, Jam in the Van, uh, Western AF, uh, all these great YouTube channels that we have to where you can, like, literally sign in and, like, check out and see who's the latest singer-songwriter. Or if you're into, like, whatever genre, there is a YouTube channel, like, specifically like Porch Talk. And it's like, I do say that we, we typically focus more on the singer-songwriter, but every now and then we have great bands that come on. But, like... um and I, I want to reach out and I want to do more genres, but, um, you know, everybody can cherry pick. And, like, yeah. if you was to cherry pick what Porsche Talk is about, I, it would probably lean, like, folk, country, punk. Sure, yeah. So, we, I mean, we got, like, a rockabilly thing. but Yeah. Uh, you know, but, like, there's something out there for everybody. Yeah. Uh well, dude, you ready to walk this one out the door? Let's walk it out the door. So, I mean, you've already gave uh, the bands that uh, people should be listening to, calling out Tonk. Tonks. Tonks. Tonks is awesome. Right on. So, <laughs> I uh, think that's his last name, actually. Well, that's pretty rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Uh, anything going on at the Art Council you would like to plug? I know some shows. You have a friend coming to town. Adam Hood. Adam Hood is coming back. I've also got Dan Penn coming out. Um, just follow us on the, uh, just go to our website at columbus-arts.org and you can see everything we got coming up. That cat, uh, Dan Penn, um, is from Lamar County, where I hail from. Uh, he, <laughs> happen, he happens to be uh, the guy who wrote the song, If Heaven Ain't a Lot Like Dixie. Uh, he has ghostwritten a lot of country songs from that era. Uh, he is a ghostwriter. And so for those who know, really respect him for it. But, like, if you know him personally, you know that he is a bad he man. Was, he was a part <laughs> of the uh, original, is it the Fame Gang that he was mm-hmm. a part of, the Fame Studios. Um, he was there when Aretha Franklin recorded all our hits and actually wrote one of them. 
for her. So, yeah. And so what's crazy about those kind of cats and the humility is, like, if you were to just run into him, unless you brought it up, he Dude, would he would never bring that up. He come to the Arts Council the other night for Web Wilder in overalls. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that was Dan Penn. 80 years old and don't give a shit. He's like, okay, hey, how you doing? I'm Dan Penn, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And so, I mean, I, I respect that, dude. Yeah, definitely. I respect that, a lot of that. Anything else to plug before we walk around the door? We I'm need, good, man. Other than doing a better job, like we got to get, I could get back in here in two weeks, I guess, get this show back on the road. There you get go. Some, get some life in these veins. Yeah. Hey, I, I think we need to do like another like genre breakdown. All right, let's do it. We've done blues. We've done punk. Like we gotta, What's next? Because I got to. We got to pick. So like, okay, those are two things that we're real passionate about. We got to find another genre to be passionate about. How about we do the blues punk genre? So, okay. <laughs> okay. I don't think there is one, but yeah. yeah I think we'll, we'll invent it. We'll, we'll figure get it back out. To you. Uh, but anyway. I'm down. Just you let me know. Well, dude, always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Thank you.